The second system is a way to work through problems. Every couple is going to have problems. They're going to have disagreements. And they have to have rules around that or a system to work through that where they can get to the end and it doesn't feel like one of them lost. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Today we have with us Sherry Timko. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. So Sherry is a couples relationship coach who teaches couples to use straightforward relationship habits so that they can build their relationship even while focused on other things. She's been happily married for 20 years. She's also a veteran psychotherapist and homeschool mom to three teenage daughters. Forming and investing in healthy relationships is a part of social self-care. And so today, Sherry and I will be talking about habits for more connected relationships with those we love. So Sherry, tell us a little bit more about your journey and what brought you here to where you are today in your life. Yeah, um, I, I never know which part of my story to start with, because there's my professional journey, which has been through psychotherapy, specializing in couples, and then switching to coaching so that I can do courses and coaching work. And, but I also have this other part, which is always balanced by my family life, um, my kids, where they are in their season of life, and my relationship with my husband. And I say that those two things are hard for me to separate because one has all, well, my home life has always put this strict uh, boundary or container around my professional life so that I only had a certain number of hours to do my work so because <laughs> my family needed everything else. <laughs> so yeah, you've got your personal and you've got your professional life, almost like two different, two different containers that you're trying to, to balance at all times. I felt like the, the rules around what I could do professionally were really strict. For instance, my psychotherapy practice, I could only put tw 24 hours in a week towards that. And like, it was almost like there was a cutoff mm -hmm. and my family needed the rest of the time. So, you know, it's, it's those kind of rules that when I say them, they sound, they sound too strict. They sound too clinical, but yes. that was the only way that I could balance all of the things that needed to get done. Oh, I totally get that. So a lot of our listeners, they're not necessarily balancing a job or, or they're not balancing like running their own business with personal, but we're all super moms. So we have a lot of fires or what is it? A lot of 
what is that saying? A lot of irons in <laughs> the fire. Irons. I couldn't think of the word irons. A lot of irons in the fire. I was just telling Sherry right before we hit record that I'm not feeling too good. So, <laughs> you know, like I've got like my mind is trying to think of words that I can't think of. But yes, we all have many irons in the fire. And so that balancing act is hard. And then to throw to throw another iron in the fire, we've got our relationships, which we are trying to, trying to, you know, make sense and make sure they're thriving and that we're investing in them and that we are fostering them and, and making them even better. So then we've got that pressure to be able to, to put the time that we need into our relationships. So how did you get, you know, you, you have been homeschooling and you're a psychotherapist and now you're coaching how did you get into the space of working on relationships and this being like your specialty? Well, I actually started out working with teenagers okay. um, and I loved the work that I did with teenagers. And this was before I, you had teenagers of your own, I suppose. This was okay. absolutely <laughs> before. As a matter of fact, I started working with teenagers when I was 19. Oh, you were a teenager yourself. <laughs> Which had all sorts of other problems about, you know, being in charge of right. kids. Right. Who, I was a kid. All right. Well, I love that work, but the the bulk of that work was um, helping them think through what they would do when they finally had control over their lives. You're teaching them to be okay. patient. And, and that was frustrating because I really wanted to change their lives. I didn't want to just help them wait. Right, right. So the next. I'm career... sure that was frustrating for them too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Teenagers don't have much patience. <laughs> Uh, so the next step that I took is I started doing family counseling. Okay. And that was much more productive. I felt much better about that because it incorporated the parents and I could see the whole family getting better. Right. But then I stumbled onto a really brilliant couples therapist and started using some of the tools that he was teaching. And what I realized is that I could change the lives of not just the teenagers, but all the kids in the family. And I didn't even need the parents. And I mean, I didn't even need the kids in the room. Okay. By just okay. helping the parents themselves change yes. in their relationship, you were able to influence the entire family. Yes. So my latest pivot, which is a very, very recent pivot, is that in my coaching, I realized that if I work with the moms, I can have the same effect. So I work with the moms to improve their relationship with their spouse. So not even this, couples, not, not even, even couples. couples. You, you went, so this okay. Trickle down huh. effect of when you get a mom to bring her best self to that relationship, she kind of elevates everyone in the family and okay. helps them be their best self. Well, interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, we know change comes from within, but that, that, that effect is able to ripple out into the entire family is huge. Yes. And I think as moms, we often try to, we think about this, like managing everything. We have to control mm -hmm. everything, but there's a, there's a shift when you are balanced in yourself, yeah. when 
you are contributing good things to those relationships and you know what's most important to you, that it's not controlling everyone. It's bringing that positive energy that then everyone else responds to. This is huge. This is, this is so much of what I, I help moms do because for so long, I, I, you know, looking back, I'm like, I was a control freak. Like I wanted to like micromanage everything. And I felt like that was the only way that things were going to get done. Like that was the way that I managed. But then when I turned that and it's exactly what you're saying is like that when you start changing yourself and like start that self-development and making yourself your best version and start taking care of yourself, you end up uh, the whole family changes that it all they all respond to those changes that are happening within you and so instead of trying to exert control and micromanage everyone because we can agree that that is so exhausting <laughs> that is exhausting Absolutely. oh my goodness it's impossible it is impossible especially as like the more kids you have and the older they get as they get older like it becomes a power struggle and it is just downright exhausting and impossible. And so being able to take, make that switch and learning like that you have that power, that, that your superpower, right? You're a fat, you have that power to create that change and make the entire family a better place. Yeah. Now I have a very strong value of uh, personal growth that doesn't jeopardize the relationship. Okay. I we think know that sometimes there is power in building strong we imagine in that if but a sometimes wife or mother grows, can be the tricky part. that there's habits a chance the that that's going to threaten. Yeah, and I think that you very you can Learn have how to transform a, your health, you can have your life, a and lot of personal growth by you downloading can my become that guide, person that building you really strong want habits. to, and it it really the link to grab your guide is in the show notes of today's episode. So what? What does it take? I mean, you have a lot of experience working with, I know you just right now pivoted recently, but for so long you've been working with the family unit, whether it was in the capacity of working with a teenager, what were the parents or now just the mom, what have you found makes, what does it take to have that truly extraordinary relationship? All right. So this is this is what the wisdom that I have learned from all these years of psychotherapy. Yes, tell us your wisdom. <laughs> all right. That love that we feel for our spouse, that in the beginning of the relationship, that just flows. And out of it comes generosity and kindness and connection. Now, there are That's three the systems. <laughs> <laughs> there are three systems in your relationship. And when those three systems run well, then that those feelings can just flow easily. And when they don't work well, then that's where you build up resentment and frustration and irritation with one another. So you need to have good relationship habits. Those are the things that you do usually every day that keep you connected in the relationship. They're usually very small things like, I don't know, saying good morning, Right. Talking to your spouse before they leave for the day, before you leave for the day. It, it, they're these tiny little moments throughout the day that keep you grounded and secure in the relationship. And connected. Yes. The second system 
is a way to work through problems. Every couple is going to have problems. They're going to have disagreements. And they have to have rules around that or a system to work through that where they can get to the end and it doesn't feel like one of them lost. Okay. So like the compromise part, like conflict resolutions. Conflict resolution. I really hate the word compromise because compromise sucks. <laughs> compromise means you won and I lost. Yeah. yeah I won and you lost, or we each gave half and we end up with this terrible solution. I'm both feeling resentful. Yeah. Right. Right. So I teach couples to look for solutions that they can both get behind. Okay. That means you have to stick with a problem long enough to look beyond the solution that either one of you brings to the conversation. So then you look at a bunch of solutions and you're like, okay, well, this isn't my favorite, but I can get behind this one. Okay. Okay. So you've got the good relationship habits, a way to work through your problems. And then what's our third one? So the third one is that every couple is going to make messes. They're going to mess up. They're going to miss something. They're going to let each other down. They're going to be too harsh. Like we, we don't think of that as a normal part of a relationship, but it really is. So, like so being couple, able to have grace and the acceptance. Yeah. Grace and acceptance is a repair tool, but there's lots of repair tools. Repair tools might be something like a good apology or um, doing it differently in the future or really hearing the other person talk about how it hurt them. There's, there's tons of different ways of having relationships. Um, repair tools, but you have to have some way of cleaning up those messes. And when those th three systems run well, then the feelings, they flow, you know, th there isn't that, that block to those feelings. Right. Yeah. So I know when you were first describing it, it just reminded me like when you first fall in love and like you're dating and like the whole, um, those feelings flow easy because these systems, right. They're, one, there's probably not likely much conflict and the, the feeling you feel good going into a relationship, but as the relationship endures, that's when you have to make sure that these systems develop and get stronger, right? Which is yeah, what that, that personal development piece comes in. Yeah. So I help women to like look at those systems, figure out what's working and what's not, and then find ways of gently shifting those into much better patterns. Um, and I have found that when women work on their relationship, it is an invitation to their partner. And they may not be in step with them working on it, but they see the positive benefits and then they and they jump on board. Yeah. <laughs> so what can couples expect? Like, I mean, this seems like we, you know, some of these we can actually answer. Like, what are some of the things that, that couples can expect or that we can expect as moms or wives that we can expect by working on our relationship, by putting these systems in place? What are some of the benefits that we can expect? Well, the benefits are pretty far reaching. The first benefit is just 
feeling good in yourself about your relationship and feeling like you contribute something that is of value and moving things in the right direction. I know that I sometimes get into these um, irritated, critical moods where I know that I'm not really bringing something positive to the relationship. Um, and so shifting that so that you know that you're bringing something good. Um, that then translates into a better relationship with your spouse. When you get along better with them, the whole family starts to function better. But having a good relationship with your spouse really is a springboard that when you have that safety and that security and that relationship, it really gives you confidence to go and do many other things outside of just that relationship. I agree. Totally. So what, let's, let's bring it back to the habits because you talked about the three systems. Are there specific habits that we need to be fostering and growing and developing in order to create these systems? This is one of my favorite things to talk about because it is so easy to just start doing. Okay. Now I can give you a list of lots of different habits and I will in a moment, but the best habits are the ones that you and your spouse come up with okay. on your own. And they're those things that make you the, you, who you are as okay. a couple that make that relationship unique. Yes. Okay. So it can be anything uh, the point of making it a habit is that if it happens every day, then you don't have to fit it in your schedule. Right, it's part our, of the there's already space for it. Mm -hmm. So really you show up at the right time and you didn't have to, you didn't have to make sure it happened. You just right. showed up. Right. So some common things that couples do is um, how they say good morning or before they leave for the day, having a few minutes just to touch base about important things to know about each other's day. Uh, some couples touch base through texting or calls during the day. Um, I had a couple who would send funny memes to each other or sharing an antidote with one another about what happened. Having a way to greet each other at the end of the day. Um, spending 20 minutes a day talking to each other about their day, eating a meal together, um, and then having a way to end the day, a good night ritual. Now, those are just some ideas. When, when couples really think about this, often they already have some of these. Mm -hmm. um, now, the problem is, does it happen every day? Like if it doesn't happen every day, then that would be a place they could improve. Okay. But I think that couples who are really intentional about this have somewhere between five and 15 of these tiny little touch points throughout their day that then make that relationship strong and it continues to grow, even kind of in the background of everything else. Right. When you were, when you were naming the different habits, I, I was thinking back to what you were saying about how you work with the moms at this point where you're like, because what you listed, like I'm thinking of my own relationship and those are things like that I myself can take action towards doing that. It doesn't have to be like, 
you don't, I don't, I won't have to sit down with my husband and be like, okay, now let's come up with this list of habits that we're going to do, because I think he would roll his eyes and just laugh. Like, what are you talking about? But like those things, like if I was to start the conversation with him before, like, you know, in the morning, like, Hey, good morning. Like, how was your day? Or like, what, what's your plans for the day? Or when he comes home, like the, these are things I'm thinking in my own mind that I can go ahead and do these things. And he would respond to most likely in a very positive way, but it's not something that needs to be, let's have this whole conversation and come out with these specific touch points during the day, because I don't think that would be a good (laughs) response. And I think, you know, when you said about you were working with the couples and everything, there's a lot of times like husbands, and, and this is a blanket statement, and I know that there's exceptions to the rules or to this to the statement, but a lot of um, men are solution focused and they feel that if, if it's not fixed, why should we spend time? I mean, if it's not broken, why should we spend time fixing it? And so they may be reluctant to, to seek help. Whereas if, if there are, you know, you talked about the three systems, but like the overall system, the family system. And if there are some things that are not, that need tweaking, that it's, it's definitely something that we as moms would be able to, to go in and, and start doing these little habits that you just suggested. I love them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in fact, if you're the one who is introducing habits, you can think about what matters the most to you. Now, it'd be nice if you thought about your partner some too and said, yeah, well, he <laughs> likes it when I give him a hug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you're the one who's doing this, you can say, you know what? I really do better when I have a hug every morning. Mm-hmm. So I am going to be the one who's going to go and get that hug. Yeah. And I'm not going to wait for him to think, oh, she likes a hug in the morning. No, I'm just going to go and get the hug. Right. Um, So, yeah, I love the how this can empower you to really make those shifts and not wait for the other person. Because then you end up feeling resentment when they don't follow through on those things that you don't even like you never communicated that it is something that you needed. And then you end up feeling resentful. And so instead being more proactive. And, and doing something about it. You know, I have this trouble with my husband. I've never really figured it out. I just know what the pattern is. There is a certain way that I will ask for something or I will ask for it too many times. And it becomes as if he cannot possibly do that thing. <laughs> and, and I don't know what triggers it. So sometimes me just saying, I want a hug. I'm going to go get a hug takes that whole whatever that mess is out right, of takes it. The middle man out. <laughs> and it doesn't become a power struggle where he feels like I'm controlling him by or telling him what or, to do yeah. or neck yeah so if I'm gonna hug make that my habit and just go get the hug and it goes back to knowing what you need identifying yeah. and then learning how to ask for it which is yeah. a big thing that that I talk a lot about in the Moms Without Capes community is about you have to know what you want. It's that self-discovery piece and, and then learning how to actually ask for it. So that's very true. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? 
Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. So what is your favorite way to practice self-care? My favorite way to practice self-care is to rest. Now, I am very busy and I'm much more likely to be, be doing something. So for me, it is that reminder, uh, don't forget, sit for a few minutes and don't do anything. Right. And if you're not used to doing that, that is hard. That is hard to do. It is hard. So we talk a lot about self-development and self-growth and um, books. Reading is a huge part. I, it's one of my favorite ways to practice self-care. And so I'm always up to hear what books you've been reading. Has there been, is there a book that has like greatly impacted your life or has influenced the way you live your life today? Just one? Like I could. I know. It is, all day. it is hard. <laughs> All right. Well, since I'm talking about relationship habits, I will share the book that had the biggest impact on me and my relationship with my husband. Um, it's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John Gottman. Okay. Um, and I had been a couples therapist for, I don't know, probably 10 years teaching couples how to relate to one another. And this was the first book that I read that just that explained why I had a good relationship with my husband and I didn't do any of those things I was teaching couples to do. So earlier in the interview, you alluded to that. Was it John Gottman that you had were talking about? No, actually that was earlier. I'm certified in two couples therapies. One is relationship enhancement. Okay. And the tool that I learned is to teach couples to use deep empathy with one another. Okay. And so that permeates all of my work. It's very, very important. But when I found John Gottman's book, I was like, oh, this is why my husband and I don't have to sit down and have these structured conversations okay. because of all these other things right. that, that work you have in place. Its place. Yeah. Okay, because when you had said that, I was going to ask you right then if it was the Gottman Institute or the Gottmans, because yeah, I know they're they're huge with the family systems. Yeah, and I love the Gottmans. Absolutely. They mm -hmm. just weren't the turning point for me. Okay. <laughs> so where can listeners find you, Sherry? So the best place to find me is on my website. It is sherrytimcare.com. And I do have a free walkthrough of how to implement some of these relationship habits so you can start using them. They're, they're really intuitive, but it also helps to kind of have someone else's thoughts of how to start using them. Okay. And I will put, if you are interested in following Sherry and, and reaching out to her, all of her information, including the link to grab that resource that she just mentioned will all be in the show notes of today's episode. Sherry, I am so thankful that you took the time to come here and share your wisdom with us. Thanks so much for coming on the show. 
It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. The mission of Moms Without Capes is to empower super moms, moms who don't make time for themselves because they are so busy taking care of everyone and everything else. My goal is to help you get comfortable with hanging up your cape. You might be holding on tight to your cape, tying your worth to your to-do list, packing your schedule and running the kids all over town, sacrificing or postponing your own passions, neglecting your health, and at the end of the day, falling into bed exhausted and already worrying about what needs to get done tomorrow. Sound familiar? This was me for about a decade. The guilt, the shame, the resentment, the overwhelm, the exhaustion. I struggled to put myself on my to-do list, and when I did, I was last on the list, and rarely did I feel up to doing anything that would make me feel good. So my health, my mood, and my family suffered because of it. I started with the doing part, because I am an action taker, and so I began implementing small acts of self-care into my days. Being intentional about doing one small thing each day that was just for me. Then I began doing the internal work, the mindset shifts, the self-discovery, and the self-building that helped me truly love myself. Before then, I struggled with low self-esteem, lacked confidence, and was constantly criticizing myself. I had limited boundaries, which led me to saying yes, even when I meant no. I learned how to identify what I wanted and needed and then got good at communicating what I needed and wanted. I started dealing with the perfectionism that ruled my life and I started practicing self-compassion. Maybe you are struggling with many of these same issues and you recognize yourself in what I just shared. If so, I invite you to sign up for a discovery call with me. I get it. I can help you let go of that super mom cape and not only find the woman hiding underneath, but fall in love with her. You do not have to do this alone. I want to help you. In the show notes of today's episode, you will find the link to my calendar. Let's talk about what's going on for you and see if working together would make sense on your journey to discovering and loving yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.